What is going on? Welcome to the program. It is Wednesday. Pete Callender Show. I'm Pete, and uh, Callender is spelled with a K. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The phone numbers, if you would like to participate, as always, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Remember, get the podcast. comes right to your smartphone or tablet for free. Um, so a little bit of a prediction based on prior experience with these types of matters. Uh, the uh, the insane person that was captured outside of the home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, uh, that story will be gone from the news cycle, and it's gone. No, it, it, but it's going to go out pretty quickly. It's not going to linger. There will be no national conversation, no recriminations against Chuck Schumer or any of the hot rhetoric that has surrounded the Supreme Court and the uh, the Dobbs case, the leaked uh, draft of the Dobbs opinion, right? None of the the hot rhetoric, none of the uh, any of the political speechifying, none of that will matter. None of that will be connected to what this insane person uh, was uh, apparently allegedly attempting to do, which was to murder Justice Brett Kavanaugh. The Supreme Court said today that an armed man who made threats against Kavanaugh was arrested near Kavanaugh's house in Maryland at about 1.50 a.m. this morning. Court spokesperson Patricia McCabe put out the email. The man is from California. He's in his 20s. He was armed with a gun and a knife, according to a law enforcement official. The man, whose identity has not been released, arrived in a taxi early in the morning and told law enforcement officers that he wanted to kill Kavanaugh. I'm kind of curious, if he arrived in the taxi, did he, like, travel from California? Did he fly from California? How did he get the gun? And if he's insane, he's 20, which, by the way, he never would have been able to get the gun, right, if Democrats had, you know, banned any kind of gun ownership under the age of 21, so it really is a failure of the California Democrat uh, government, right? Isn't that how this works? That's how this, that's how this works. I don't write the rules. The Washington Post initially reported the arrest, quoting sources who said that the man also was carrying burglary tools for no apparent reason, completely unconnected to the, uh, to the attempted, you know, or, or the intent to murder. He told police that he was upset by a leaked draft opinion suggesting the court is about to overrule Roe v. Wade. And he was so looking forward to getting lots of abortions, and now he can't. The No, I'm kidding. I added the last part. Um, the court's landmark abortion case, da, 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 this is the AP reporting. He also said uh, that he was upset over recent mass shootings. And so he was going to commit a shooting. The justices have been provided around-the-clock security at their homes amid concerns about violence following the court's ultimate decision, which, by the way, did not come down today, but it's expected uh, within the next few days. There have been protests at Kavanaugh's house in a Maryland suburb just outside of D.C. and at the homes of other justices, Republican justices, not the other just, not the Democrat appointments, no, no, just the Republican appointments, 
as well as demonstrations at the court where a security fence rings the building, almost like a wall providing security of some kind. Mm. As well as nearby streets have been closed off in D.C. Now, whenever there is any kind of attempted assassination or violence or anything like that, um, if the target is one that might be of political value, then we get all of the think pieces and all of the commentary and a a bludgeoning during the news cycle uh, about how we're supposed to have a larger conversation about usually about how awful Republicans are in their their beliefs and policies and how they're to blame for whatever this insane person did. I do not I don't blame Chuck Schumer when he said this. And they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. All right, there you go. So I don't blame him for that. I mean, he's speaking in front of a crowd of rabid activists and partisans and he got carried away. Do I think Chuck Schumer was actually trying to threaten the life of Gorsuch, as he called him, and Kavanaugh? I, I, I do not tend to ascribe motive to people. I, if I have to guess at motive, usually I go with the incompetence versus the malice. It's not always correct. But barring any kind of other information, you know, I just kind of defer towards, you know, this person being an idiot, not being evil. Now, that's not to say that there aren't evil people. And if you give me enough evidence that you are, in fact, evil, then, yes, I move you into the evil category. You know, now I can uh, I can assume a malicious intent versus an incompetent one. But this gives lie. It bears lie that uh, uh, the argument from the left when it comes to rhetoric inspiring violence it is either not true right and they know it not to be true but they use it as a political weapon or they believe that their rhetoric when you could interpret this as inciting people towards violence right you could interpret it like that that it's different when they do it that their their rhetoric isn't really insightful It doesn't prompt people to misbehave. It's only rhetoric that is engaged in by their political opponents. That's it. Now, I'm not sure which of those approaches you would like to adopt, right? That that there is either uh, an inconsistent standard being applied or, right, that you're evil and you're using this stuff in order to do this thing and then you're pretending that you didn't do this thing. But those are the options here because... Y'all are making the case and have been making the case that all this rhetoric prompts the kinds of uh, attempted attacks that we saw again. This is the same thing that I've been saying since the uh, the shooting at the ball field where, you know, a deranged man attempted to assassinate like a third of the Republican leadership team, had a hit list and screamed out, this is for health care, as he started shooting Republican lawmakers out at a park. He was a Bernie supporter. His Facebook you know, profile was littered with leftist memes and uh, Rachel Maddow stories. But I repeat myself. So 
your standard, guys. But I, I, I do suspect, I do suspect that this story is going to disappear from the news cycle quite quickly. Much like the story about uh, who leaked the draft opinion. We ever going to find that out? Or. News Talk 1110-993, WBT. The phone number 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. Let's start off with Jeff. Uh, hello, Jeff. Welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Pete. How are you doing? I am all right. What's going on? Uh, you went uh, made a comment before you went to break, and... Uh, yeah, you know, it just got it gotten in my crawl when it was what Schumer stood out there and publicly cried and uh, got the crowd all riled up. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, is more of insurrection talk and uh, violent response, even a whole lot more than what Trump did. Uh, and where's the investigation? Where's all the committees and all the other uh, Democrats standing up screaming about how? How, how wrong he was citing that type of uh, uh, comments and so forth. And it just bothers me that uh, even Republicans aren't speaking up against it. So and I'm just curious what your view is on it. Yeah, so, no, no it's, a, it's obviously a double standard. I See, here's the thing. I don't believe that people lack agency, right? So if I'm talking with you and I'm like, we should do something, we should do something, and, oh, I'm so angry and you're so angry and whatever, and then you go off and do something with which I disagree, I'm not responsible for that. Unless I, you know, coordinated something or said, you need to go do this thing, this illegal act against somebody, you need to go victimize, and then you listened to me and followed my instructions. Unless that's the idea that uh, that we're talking about, which we're not, but... Um, this idea that simply stating something, simply expressing opposition, warning people of political consequences, but not saying political, right, in order to whip the, the mob into a frenzy, that has long, you're allowed to do that. We are allowed to engage in, quote, hot rhetoric. You're allowed to do that. The, but you, are, you have correctly identified the double standard, which is if there's ever anybody who is insane that does something against a Democrat, a leftist, a progressive, whatever— um, then that automatically attaches responsibility to the entire universe of people on the right. That's the way it's treated. And Schumer's comments do not get treated, nor will the uh, this uh, would-be assassin, will, you know, will any responsibility attach to Schumer from this guy's actions, right? We know this. It's a double standard. Well, I just, you know, Myself and I'm sure you know, millions of others are tired of it. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? And I'm not talking about insurrection or going out creating violence, but uh, you know, it's bothered me that there's been a million-person march in D.C. with all the uh, pink hats. Uh, there's been a million-man march in Washington with the black fathers and black people for fatherless homes. Uh, when is there going to be a million-person march in D.C.? To, to say, okay, politicians, we're holding your feet accountable to the fire that y'all are creating. Well, I think that here's the, my view on it is that 
you see this, I see this. I don't assume that everyone else is blind or stupid, so they see it too. I I, I believe many people see the the inconsistent application of a standard, and uh, I don't think most people would find this behavior to be acceptable. Right, the, the would be assassin. I don't think any most people would not want to see that. And so, the more people that sort of uh, express these kinds of ideas I find to be beneficial to uh, uh, to a limited government political philosophy and to people who want to restrain government, folks on the right, I think that this is there is a political benefit because it highlights the double standard. And I think I think I would like to think most people are not on board with that path. You know, I, I think most people would reject that. And so when they see this as it manifests itself, as it has with Schumer and this uh, would-be assassin, I think, I think it, ha- it helps to attract people to our cause. But what do I know? Just a radio host. <music> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So I just sent a message. It's on Twitter, but maybe he has responded to me before. The uh, House Minority Leader in the North Carolina Legislature, Reeves, uh, Robert, I believe. Um, well, let me, I'll just pull up his profile and I'll check. Oh, it just says leader. Yeah, Robert Reeves. Okay. Um, about an hour ago, North Carolina House Democrats and advocates are speaking out about the need to codify the protections guaranteed by Roe v. Wade. And I was just kind of curious. Did any reporter ask whether or not they disavow the hot rhetoric or the leaked draft that uh, may have inspired or at least been cited by uh, the would-be assassin out at Justice Kavanaugh's house? Legal Insurrection has a post up now headlined, Gunman Angered Over Abortion Leaked Opinion arrested near Kavanaugh House, says he wanted to kill him. Democrats have encouraged protests at conservative justices' homes despite the clear risk of violence. And this is a piece by William Jacobson, who says Democrats have whipped up threats against the conservative Supreme Court justices after the leak of Justice Alito's draft opinion overturning Roe v. Wade. The conservative justices' home addresses were doxed, which means publicized, published. And spread all around, right? Activist groups then protested outside of their homes with the approval of Democrat politicians and even law professors. Now, the risk that these protests and doxing carry with them is that somebody would commit an act of violence against one of the conservative justices. And now that seems to have occurred, right? What other reason is there? Oh, no, no, just... Fiery but peaceful. 90% peaceful. 95% peaceful protests, right? That's the standard they were going for, I am sure. What other reason is there to publish the home addresses of the Republican Supreme Court justices? And here's another question. Jim was kind of, a, uh, or Jeff rather, the previous caller, was kind of hitting on it when he compared it to, you know, Donald Trump's rhetoric hot rhetoric that they say inspired the insurrection, right? Is it any less insurrection-y 
to try to murder a Supreme Court justice in order to affect the split of the ruling on a case? Think about the weight of a Supreme Court ruling. Let's say it's a 5-4 split, right? That seems to be the indication that this thing was going to be, uh, or at least the draft had five signatories on it, and so it seems like it's a 5-4 split. Don't know where Roberts is on it yet. But let's assume he's a nay, right? Let's assume that he's with the uh, the liberal uh, members of the court, and so it's 5-4. By assassinating one of the Supreme Court justices in the in the majority, you now affect the outcome of that ruling, right? You've now made it a 4-4 split. And in so doing, then maybe you have to wait on that because a 5-4 is a overturning of the previous laws, but a 4-4 means it stands. And then... What, Biden gets to appoint a replacement, and so then it's going to go 5-4 the other direction? So you literally are, are trying to induce a change of law based on an assassination, right? That's, that was the play here. Is there another reason that you would uh, widely distribute the home addresses of the Republican Supreme Court justices? Oh, no, no, P. We didn't want any violence. We just wanted to, what did Madison Cawthorn say? Lightly threaten them, right? Maybe that's it. Just lightly threaten them. That's it. You know, or Maxine Waters say, get up in their faces at the gasoline stations, right? Maybe that was it. We weren't trying to kill them. We were just trying to intimidate them. See, it's totally different. We just want them to do what we want them to do, and we're going to tell them, You know, if you don't do this thing, we're going to be really mad. We're going to be intimidating. We're going to be at your house. We're going to not let you rest. We're going to be blaring Barry Manilow at, you know, volume 11 out of 10 out in the front yard like John Cusack. This is what we intend to do unless you do what we say. And all intimidation carries with it a threat of physical violence. Otherwise, it's not intimidation, right? You can't be intimidated if, if, you know, if, if, if I'm the head UFC MMA fighter guy, I don't even know who that would be. If I'm Mike Tyson, chances are you can't really intimidate me. Right? Now, Mike Tyson can definitely intimidate me, but that's so, it's, it's the same concept. When you say no to somebody or something, when you're saying no, it always carries with it an unexpressed but implicit threat of force. Because if you want me to do something and I say no, and you really, really, really want me to do something, and you try to persuade me to do something, and I still refuse to do it, and you really, really need me to do something, then what? You're going to make me do it. And my ability to say no, my ability to, dare I say, resist, it all comes down to whether or not I have the ability, right, physically, to prevent that sort of physical violence. That's always at the heart of these types of interactions. This is why I always say, and talking about politics and and violence, politics is how we settle our disagreements. And if we can't engage in politics and we can't engage in these debates, and the Supreme Court is part of that equation, if you can't do it peaceably, then the only thing left is violence. And that's obviously what this guy who showed up at the judge's house 
that's obviously where he thought we were. Now, where would he get that idea? Wherever could he have possibly gotten the idea that there's no other recourse here except violence, that the time for talking is done, right? Because you don't, if you think talking can actually persuade and if you think talking can give you some success, then you don't engage in the violence. It's only when you think there isn't any other pathway forward, and that's obviously what this insane person thought. Where would he get that idea? Have people been saying that the time for talk is over or maybe you know, words are violence? We talked about this the other day. When you equate words with violence, it's possible, are you not, equating violence with words? Now it's okay because if I say something to you and that's violence, well, now you're justified in committing actual physical violence against me because my words were violence against you and now you're just acting in self-defense, right? See, these, these things that we all used to accept as true, these things that were kind of universally understood because we shared a language and an understanding of that language, they're being discarded. This is part of the postmodernist uh, campaign, the project. Sowing confusion and chaos from language all throughout institutions. People don't trust each other. And it, we, we lose the ability to engage in rational debate disagreement could be passionate but when when you got a standard that you're throwing out there that any insane person that says anything remotely similar to your political opponents then that's the standard uh, and then that your opponents then are to blame for that insane person's actions well then that's the standard I'm going to start applying to you guys so you are responsible now for attempted murder right that's that's the standard you set. I don't like that standard. I would much prefer to go back to the old way, but this is the cards. Uh, these are the cards we are dealt. This is the hand we are dealt. So here we are. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Email to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. This story will obviously disappear just like the hospital shooter did because the perpetrator doesn't fit the narrative. The, but these acts enjoy the tacit approval of the left and even clandestine support from leftist organizations. If we had a serious country, you could jail numerous leaders on the left and shut down a ton of NGOs under the RICO Act. But we don't. We have a clown country. Um, do you remember the shooter that went to a Planned Parenthood clinic in Colorado? And he uh, was out in the parking lot. There was an off-duty uh, police officer. And uh, the officer engaged the shooter but was killed. Do you remember that story? A couple years back, probably, I don't know, five years ago or so. The guy came from North Carolina. He lived in the mountains of Western North Carolina. He lived in Black Mountain. And he traveled out to Colorado. He was insane. Traveled out to Colorado. And uh, I, I don't know if, I think he was killed in a gunfight then with other law enforcement. But right, he was insane. 
and he was motivated by the abortion issue. And I was working in Asheville at the time. And Black Mountain is in the coverage area of the radio station I worked at. And when they went into this guy's shack on the side of a mountain, he didn't have any electricity. Right? He was just living off the grid. Now, I don't know this to be true, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say he probably had a radio. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say he probably was listening to the radio station that I worked at, including my show. I have no way of knowing that, but it's my assumption, just my assumption. Do I bear responsibility for what he did to drive out to Colorado and murder a cop? Of course not. Now, my colleague, or as I used to refer to him, my comrade through the glass, he was a leftist, and we had two stations. So one was a news talk conservative station where I worked, and then on the other side of the glass partition window, there was another studio. And he literally sat like five feet from me but we were just separated by a wall with a window. And uh, and you can't hear anything through these windows, obviously, but uh, they're very thick and gas in there and all this other stuff. But whatever. I called him my comrade through the glass. He worked at the, the leftist station called The Revolution, which I always got a kick out of. The name of this station is called The Revolution. And these are the people that want to lecture others about, you know, peaceful dialogue and all that, like the name is literally the revolution. So as I called it, La Revolution. So he was my comrade through the glass at La Revolution. And the day that that happened, he got on the air. He had, by the way, he, he was, uh, he was just a part-timer because like we carried that radio station, like the money we made during my show and the other shows on our station paid for the lights to stay on at La Revolution as is usually the case, right? The, the free market does tend to tell you what people prefer as content. And so anyway, he was, um, he was going on and on. He's not a radio professional. He was not a broadcaster. He was a fabulist, literally, would construct fake stories. He was a fiction writer. And he got this job uh, because he basically didn't really need the work. And he, you know, he, he didn't need it as a, a primary source of income. So he would get on the air and he would just produce terrible radio, which is why they eventually shut it down. But regardless, the day that that shooting happened and there was this uh, connection made to Black Mountain, where, by the way, his signal did not carry into. It's too small. Um, He proceeded to blame me, his, uh, his employer and my employer for carrying conservative talk. But also, every Republican, every pro-lifer, right, everybody was to blame. And then he went a step further and he said, much like the emailer said, that he was, that uh, uh, people on the right were secretly cheering it on. Same sentiment that you just heard in, the e- in that email. Now, there are some people, I am sure, that think we have to take up arms against the aggressor, that kind of thing. I'm sure there are some people. I've never met them because if I had met them and they told me what they were planning to do, I would probably rat them out. Yeah, I'm a rat on that. I would, yeah, because I don't think you should be going and murdering other people. Because I still believe that 
politics is the last stop before violence, and I would much prefer to live in a society where we are able to settle differences through law and legislative acts versus murder. That's just me. I know I'm kind of old-fashioned like that, but uh, that's, that's always been my position. So I bristle and I reject these ideas, this, this sweeping generalizations about all the people on that side and there are people that are cheering on the death and all that. I think that they are going to be put, people, our friends on the left, are going to be put into an embarrassing, awkward position. That's where they are right now. Just like they were after the, the ballpark shooting that targeted uh, all of the Republican lawmakers for assassination as well. They don't want to talk about it because it's embarrassing. Because it's awkward, because it undermines their assertions that the right was to blame for every mass shooting, every murder, everything that's bad, the right is to blame for based on what they said. And you can draw this direct line between their speech and these actions. And if that's the standard, then they are guilty, too. And they don't want to be guilty because in everyone's own world, right, we are always the hero or the victim, never the villain. So it's uncomfortable. I'm not looking when I point out the double standard. I'm not looking for them to say, oh, you're right, Pete. You're so right. I don't ever expect that to happen. I'm not looking for a referee to come in here in the form of a reporter and say, uh, you know, flag on the play, Democrats and leftists, you guys messed up on this inconsistent standard. Nope, I'm not expecting that either. I simply highlight it to let them know I recognize what it is that you're doing. A lot of people do. Maybe they'll get the message on their own. 